Karen. And I'm Lauren. And this is Downstage Left, a theater <laughs> podcast where we talk a little, laugh a lot, and know nothing. You just went, oh my god. <laughs> sure. I assume, like, obviously oh I'm not god. on stage and I'm not, like, doing stage things, but I assume that this is, like, when you are on stage and you, like, forget a line oh my and god. you have, like, a little panic go through you. Yep. That's what it is. And obviously, like, smaller scale because we can just stop and re-record, but, but we that's don't. what just, sure, we sure, <laughs> we, we do just keep going. <laughs> Um, sure. It's a tremendous time. Oh, um, that was the funniest thing. Yeah, man. I don't... It's so hard. I don't know how to explain why, but it is just the hardest GD thing of all time. It um, is weird. Um, Karen, I have something I need to talk to you about before we sure. dive into this thing. I'm ready. <clears throat> it's like, this is... It doesn't at all connect to the show we're going to talk about today, but I just... I saw this and I wanted it's to fine. know your thoughts on it. So a few weeks ago, I saw this weird news story on like BuzzFeed or something. And sure, real news, got it. <laughs> yeah, it's real news. Uh, you know Drake, the rapper? Yes, I do. Aubrey. Okay. Aubrey Graham is his real name. That's yes, right. Because he got to start on fucking Degrassi, which is my favorite thing that I know. That's right. And so the other day, he was like out somewhere. <laughs> and he saw this woman. And he took a picture of her. And then tried to airdrop the picture of her to her. Because he thought she was, quote, a 10. And so he... <laughs> And she rejected it because it's creepy as fuck. And then he just posted it on his Instagram story and was like, try to drop. Oh, no. Like, it was so strange. Sure. Here's what I'm going to tell you. What the world? I think as Drake progresses as a human, he gets weirder and yes! weirder. And you kind of find out more about him where you're like, he's like a nice Canadian rapper. No. Nope. And now you're like, I think he might be a creep. He is a creep because he, like, yeah. grooms those young girls. But, like, yeah. also, like, this creepy thing. What the world? Sure. I- I'm like, well, I'm I don't so love that. I'm going to be honest. It's I, gross and weird. And I don't I like just, that. Everything. I was like reading this story and I was like, I, what, what is this? It is wild. So uh, yeah, gross, right? Sure. So today, <laughs> sure. There's no good segue. Wait There's a no minute. Seg- it's not segue. I, last thing I have to say about Drake is, do you remember on Degrassi? <laughs> no, I didn't watch Degrassi. That, because he was, I was, by the time he was on it, I was too old. I was, no, yeah. okay, so he was on Degrassi, right? Also, this, I'm not Canadian. Neither am I, but I watched it. Sure. Um, I'm half Canadian, that's not true. I'm quarter. Sure, but, my parents, I also have tons of family, okay? Canada. Yeah, as, but, so on the show, right, he, his character arc was that he wanted to be a rapper. <laughs> oh, okay. Which was so sure. corny. The, the only thing so I know is that he got shot and had to be in a wheelchair. He did. So he got he, he was a victim of a school shooting and was in a wheelchair. So he was a wheelchair rapper. Yeah, but I also read that he hated that and made them like let him be walk again. I don't remember that part. Sure, there is a Maybe whole that was after story. Watching. <laughs> sure, there is a whole story about it where he was like, I don't know, where again, not the greatest guy. Yeah, he's um, pretty awful. But like the 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 cringy part was that he was rapping on the show and his like high school self was like, I want to, I'm an aspiring rapper. And like there were so many sequences where he was rapping on the sure, for, like, hard long pass. Time. Drake, <laughs> no, thank you, so Drake. Don't listen to our podcast. We don't want you, buddy. It because was not good. I, no, thank you. <laughs> this is a hard pass for me. So anyway, that's 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 it. That's my warm up. That's my opener today. <laughs> Happy to be here. Okay. Well, you made a choice. It's all right. It's okay, bud. You you've made a choice. Um. Okay. We're okay. We're gonna go. Here we go. Uh, Lauren, do you know what we're talking about today? I do. It's one of my favorite shows. I'm sure, Drake's oh, never been in it. Drake, I bet. I don't think has been in this um, show. Sure. Today we are continuing oh. our quest. 
uh, for Christopher Fitzgerald to notice us. Christopher! Uh, please notice us. He's currently in this show right now. Actually, yeah. not currently because it just closed. Uh, so, um, But he was. Uh, we are going to talk about Stephen Sondheim's company today. Company! Sure. I think potentially one of his most enduring and uh like hugely it originated in 1970 yeah. um it's won a bunch of to- a record setting 14 tony awards oh, dang. um and it has just been gone on to be done a bunch of people have been in it it's a uh, it's weirdly very timely like mm-hmm. it's one of those stories that continues to resonate even though it was created in the 70s like still very applicable today yeah um well like you can you can kind of hear the 70s influence correct. in the music but like it also like there is enough in it that it is it is yep. applicable today. Uh, and it's very Sondheim, where mm-hmm. I am singing a song, and now we're doing, yeah, so. Uh, you need it repeats over and over again? Ta-da. Sure. <laughs> um, so I, this is interesting. The background of this show, so company kind of revolves around a man, and we'll talk about that in a minute, turning 35, and he, like, kind of comes to grips with turning 35, and he is surrounded by all of these couples that are in various stages of coupledom and sort of they want him to be married and whatever so we'll and we'll get into that but what is interesting is it's based on george firth wrote 11 one act plays uh planned for kim stanley as each of the separate leads um anthony perkins who of uh, psycho fame was interested in directing and he asked sondheim to read the material so sondheim took it to harold prince his longtime collaborator yeah uh and and prince was like we should make this into a musical And so, yeah, I know it's really kind of interesting. So, uh, this is a quote from Sondheim. Broadway theater has been for many years supported by upper middle class people with upper middle class problems. These people really want to escape that world when they go to the theater. And then here we are with company talking about how we're going to bring it right back in their faces, (laughs) which is like very true. true. Uh, And really what the show is about. So the theme is, uh, New York marriages with a central character to examine those marriages. And that's, yeah. The show is presented where it's about Bobby, but it's not. It's, it's about really about else. the couples around him. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're going to kind of get into it. And um, what's interesting is in the 90s, Firth and Sondheim revisited and revised a lot of things and changed and cut some dialogue that had become very dated. Uh, and they rewrote the ending to Act 1. So mm-hmm. this is the revised libretto, um, which I think is very interesting. But also, it's one of the reasons why Sondheim, I think, is so great is he had the, like wherewithal to go my shit's dated like let's let's update this and again which we'll talk about in the most recent revival it has been opened in 1970 on broadway opened in london i think a year later has had two revivals each places on the west end and on broadway yeah i think it's a it's maybe a movie it's been done in concert um and, and we will talk about all those things but here we go here we go uh act one uh, oh, and it's non-linear. So this is like a very vignetted Vignette, sort of yeah. uh, musical where there's not a through. The through line is Bobby yeah. or Robert, um, but it's very vignetted to these different couples. So keep that in mind. And also the great Patti LuPone is maybe one of the most famous people to be in this. And lots of music that you'll recognize. So, well, okay. Like Elaine Stritch also. Oh, Elaine Stritch, <laughs> yeah. right. Well, in the modern times. So, yeah. Uh, okay, act one. Robert is a well-liked single man living in New York City whose friends are all married or engaged couples. Joanne and Larry, Peter and Susan, Harry and David, no, I'm sorry, Harry and Sarah, David and Jenny, and Paul and Amy. And don't worry about remembering it. We'll come back. Well, I've been in the show, so sure. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, listeners just in general, listeners. Remember. Yeah. Uh, it's Robert's 35th birthday, and the couples have gathered to throw him a surprise party. 
When Robert fails to blow any candles on his birthday cake, the couples promise him that his birthday wish will still come true, though Bobby has wished for nothing, claiming that his friends are all that he needs, and they sing Company, which is a fun opening song, honestly. It is, but I will say, like, the the Bobbies that reprise all of this, because that, oh god, it comes back so many times. Every time, and I'm sure this is intentionally the way it's written, but every time you hear it, it gets more complicated and yes. more difficult to sing. Correct. Oh, and which, it's so well, and it carries hard. through the plot of it, which yeah. I think is cool. The other kind of of note is everyone kind of calls him a different version different of version. Robert. Yep. Um, which, which is, is, so cool. is kind of like indicative to each couple, I think. Yeah. Um, so what follows is a series of disconnected vignettes in no apparent chronological order. Each features Robert visiting one of the couples uh, or alone on a date with a girlfriend. In the first vignette, Robert visits Sarah, a foodie supposedly now dieting, and her husband Harry, an alcoholic supposedly now recovered. This, to me, is one of the funniest scenes in it's the whole so, show. It's such a smart way to open yep. the show. It's um, so good. Because it is like... It's the two of them being, like, sneaky about it. Yeah. Where they're just like, that's right, I've quit drinking. And then he, like, smells a bottle of liquor. Or, like, takes (laughs) a drink. And she's like, I am on a diet. And then, like, sneaks. It's very funny. So Sarah and Harry taunt each other on their vices, uh, escalating toward karate-like fighting and thrashing that may or may not be playful. This is also very funny, where she's like, yes. show him, let's do a do a demonstration. Come on, come on. And, like, and he's the like, more no, you watch no. it, the more it like, gets like, more it's and more like, like very, are we serious? <laughs> sure, it's very physical, but in like an amazing comedic way. Yeah. Um, and you don't know. It's like, ooh, is it playful? Like, ooh, it's playful. And then you're like, ooh, I think they might not like each other. <laughs> like, it's very interesting in that way. Um, this prompts the caustic Joanne the oldest, most cynical, and most often divorced of Robert's friends, to sarcastically comment to the audience that this is the little things that make a marriage work, and it's called the little things you do together. Oh, yeah. And it's very fun because it's cut in where she is, like, not part of the scene proper. Like, they don't acknowledge her being in it, but she sings this as they kind of, like, it goes back and forth. So she'll sing, and, like, they'll do something that's, like, very funny. She'll go, it's the little things that keep us together. Yeah. And really, you're, like, it's very tongue-in-cheek the way she does it. Uh, It's very good. Uh, Harry then explains, and the other married men concur, that people are both thankful and regretful about getting married, and that marriage changes both everything and nothing about the way they live. Sorry, grateful. Oh, I do like that. Sure, though. it's very fun in which the men sort of lament marriage and what it what it means to them. Yeah. Um. So that song ends. We cut to Robert is now with Peter and Susan on their apartment terrace. Peter is an Ivy League graduate, and Susan is a Southern Belle. The two seem to be the perfect couple, yet they surprise Robert with the news of their upcoming divorce. At the home of the uptight Jenny and chic David, Robert has brought along some marijuana that the three share. The couple turns to grilling Robert on why he has not yet gotten married. Robert claims he is not against the notion, but three women he is currently dating, Kathy, Marta, and April, appear and proceed Andrew Styles, Andrew's sister style oh, to chastise Robert for reluctance of being committed. You could drive a person crazy, I which is a song. super fun song. It's so fun. Um, and I will say this is one of my favorite scenes. Uh, and especially in the update, it's so funny. Oh. It's like so, so funny the way they get high yes. pre- prior to them. And then in the update, it's men. Yeah. We will talk about that when we get to it. When we were in this, Alan played Peter. Okay, yeah, sure. And he was very funny. Well, in which Peter is like very kind of uptight, and, da, 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 and then he like gets high and is very funny high. Yeah. Like plays it good. Uh, in which, in the current show, that's Christopher Fitzgerald gets high. Oh, great. Love that for him. Um, 
All of Robert's, uh, sure, so they started. They sing You Could Drive a Person Crazy, which is a very fun song. So fun. After Jenny asks for another joint, but is discouraged by David, David privately tells Robert that Jenny does not actually like marijuana, but partakes in it as a show of her love for him, because he is into it. Aw. All of Robert's male friends are deeply envious about his commitment-free status, and each has found someone they find perfect for Robert. Have I got a girl for you? Oh, yeah, 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 I remember this. But Robert is waiting for someone who merges the best feature of all his married female friends and sings Someone Is Waiting, which is, like, kind of that's a great song. song. Yeah, it's a nice um, song. And that's kind of the thing you get through the show is that he is, like, a little bit in love with all of his married friends' wives. Yeah. But not in, like, a true in love. No. But just, just the those features of he them. He can see the qualities of that. Like, and I think there's one song, too, where he, like, even talks about all of them and he's like, here are the things that, like, I endearingly, yep. like, love about them. Yes. Um, Robert meets his three girlfriends in a small park on separate occasions as Marta sings, uh, sings of the city crowded, dirty, and caring, yet somehow wonderful. Another hundred people. It's a great song. It is a great song. I sang that song for my company audition and was not cast as Marta. Sure. <laughs> sure. Because I, like I was auditioning late and I was like, well, I don't have time to prepare the song I really want to sing. So I'll do this one instead. Sure. And then. Different things happened. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, Robert first gets to know April, a slow-witted airline flight attendant. Oh, she's so uh, Robert then spends time with Kathy. They had dated previously and both admit that they had secretly considered marrying the other. They laugh at this coincidence before Robert suddenly considers the idea seriously. However, Kathy reveals that she is leaving for Cape Cod with a new fiancé. Oh. It's kind of one of those heartbreaking things where he realizes a little bit too late yeah. that he would be together with her and maybe loves her but he missed it he like you know yeah and it's it's kind of one of those poignant moments where you're like sure sometimes the timing just isn't right and that's what's up timing is everything finally marta sorry finally robert meets with marta she loves new york and babbles on about topics both highbrow and lowbrow robert is left stunned (laughs) the scene turns to the day of amy and paul's wedding they have lived together for years but are just now getting married amy has gotten an overwhelming case of cold feet and as the upbeat paul harmonizes rapturously a panicking amy confesses to the audience that she can't go through with it in the song getting married today this is my song and you have saying this <laughs> guys oh, i love this if song. you don't know this song look it up it's hard it's so hard it's like sondheim times i don't know on crack times a million it's like the epitome of sondheim it yeah, is it's so um, hard and it's such a fun song it's the and most fun. The song itself is intercut with like Paul being like, "I'm getting married today." today. Is for Amy, correct? <laughs> and then it switches to her being like, "I'm freaking out, freaking out," and yeah. it's very, very funny. It's a very, oh. very funny, funny. Uh, I think in production. <laughs> well, and it's um, it's the end of Act One, and I just here's what I remember about doing this this scene. Um, first of all, this the dialogue that follows it is so good. Correct. Like it's so it's the funniest scene I think in the entire show. It's it's just so good. Um, but I would panic for the whole first act, just sit around and just panic. And then after it was over and after intermission was over, I was like bored. Sure. You know, Amy doesn't have a lot to do in the second act. Yeah. They made us do some other things. Sure. But but no, no, but you, and I was like, are we at the cast party yet? Like, sure. (laughs) And Um, I don't think I could ever do the role again because it was like, I had high blood pressure the whole time. It's intense. And if you, it's one of those songs where if you get out of it, you're out of it. Well, and I, I screwed it up. 
once or twice sure. in the 15 performances that I did. Sure. And I, and one of them, of course, was the day we recorded. And I hate that. So well, that's how that always goes. It was, the, I'm so, like, I just repeated a verse and I'm like, well, this is sure. the verse we're doing now. And I was so upset. Uh, sure. Uh, Robert, the best man, and Paul watch as Amy complains and self-destructs over every petty thing she can possibly think of, and then finally explicitly calls off the wedding. Paul dejectedly storms out into the rain, and Robert tries to comfort Amy, but emotionally winds up offering an impromptu proposal to her himself. Yeah, he does. Marry me, Amy. And she's like, what the? Oh, and I think that is, like, the catalyst for her to be like, I don't want to marry anybody but Paul. (laughs) Exactly. Where she kind of realizes his words jolt Amy back into reality, and she runs out after Paul, at last ready to marry him. Yeah. The setting returns to the scene of the birthday party, where Robert is given his cake and tries to blow out the candles again. He wishes for something this time. Marry me a little. Which is like oh, I love that a beautiful song. song and also just like classic. Classic, classic. When we were in the show, the the guy that played Bobby, his wife was April. Played April. And I guess he walked down the aisle. One of them walked down the aisle to that song. Oh. And it was really, and it was oh, like before sweet. they were in the show. So sure, that was like kind of sweet. Yeah, it was very nice. Uh, okay, act two. The birthday party scene is reset and Robert goes to blow out his candles this time, he gets them about half out, and the couples have to help him with the rest. The couples share their views on Robert, both complimentary and unflattering, with each other. With each other, as Robert, with each other, as Robert <laughs> reflects on being the third wheel, wheel, third wheel, side by side by side, which I'm is like another. One. Sure, this sure. is a good um, act one, act two opener. opener. I think so like too. It's fun. It's up tempo. Ends with a yep. kick line. Like, how can you go wrong? Uh, soon followed up by the up tempo. Uh, pie into Robert's role as the perfect friend, what would we do without you? Um, in a dance break, in the middle of the number, each man, in turn, does a dance step that is answered by his wife. Robert likewise does the step, but he has no partner to answer it. Oh, yeah, that's true. Robert brings April to his apartment for a nightcap after a date. She marvels, marvels at how homey his place is, and he casually leads her to the bed, sitting next to her on it and working on getting her into it. She earnestly tells him of an experience from her past involving the death of a butterfly. He counters with a bizarre remembrance of his own, obviously fabricated and designed to put her in the mood to succumb to his seduction. Meanwhile, the married women worry about Robert's single status and the unsuitable qualities they find in the women he dates. Poor baby. That is maybe my least favorite song in this show. Sure. (laughs) It's, like, not that fun to sing. It's, uh, as Robert and April have sex, we hear Robert and April's thoughts intersped with music that expresses and mirrors their increasing excitement. Tick-tock. Gross. Sure. Well, it's kind of, here's what I'll say. In the revival... In which we will talk about it in a minute, in which it's gender reversed. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I would like to hear about because I wanted to see it and I think now it's closing, so it I'm is, not going to be able to. Sure, it's closed. Uh, uh, well, in a way where a man doing this now in the lens of 2022 feels very predatory yeah. and like kind of icky. Yeah. And back then was also predatory and kind of icky. Yep. But when you reverse it and it's a woman doing it, yeah. it's interesting. It's just very interesting. Cool. Um, in some productions, including the original Broadway production, this is accompanied by a solo dance by Kathy. Oh, interesting. Mm, sure. That's the next morning, April rises early to report for duty aboard a flight to Barcelona. Uh, Robert tries to get her to stay at first wholeheartedly, pairing her apologetic protestations that she cannot with she cannot with playful begging and insistence. He tries to get her to stay by being flirty. As April continues to reluctantly resist his entreaties and sleepiness retakes him, Bobby loses conviction, agreeing that she should go. That change apparently gets her gets to her, and she joyfully declares she will stay after all. Yeah. This takes Robert by surprise, and his astonished plaint of "Oh God" is suffused with fear and regret, and he sings "Barcelona," oh, so in which. Funny. It is, it's that thing where he's like, stay, stay, stay. And she's like, I gotta go. And then when he gets what he wants, she, he's like, 
No, you got to go to Barcelona. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, and the, there was at the, at the Hollywood Bowl, um, Neil Patrick Harris yes. played Bobby, and uh, April is played by Christina Hendricks. Correct. Oh, God. She's just like the perfect, like, just, she's not like a really a singer, but she's nope. like perfect, like, sexy airplane yeah. uh, little, stewardess. A little, like, little simple. Little, yeah, yeah. But like airy and yep. dreamy and like just everything about it. She's like so beautiful. So like, yep. I, I really do like, I liked watching that yep. particular clip from that show. Uh Sure, we'll talk about that version, too. Uh, Robert and Marta visit Peter and Susan and learn that Peter flew to Mexico to get the divorce, but the but he phoned Susan and she joined him there for a vacation afterward. Oh, Though they are divorced, they're still living together, claiming they have too many responsibilities to actually leave each other's lives and that their relationship has actually been strengthened by the divorce. Susan takes Marta inside to make lunch, and Peter asks Robert if he has ever had a homosexual experience. <laughs> they both admit that they have, which, let's be real, in 1970... This was like a pretty that was taboo, pretty big deal for them to yeah. be even talking about it in a show. Yeah, um, they both admit that they have, and Peter hints at the possibility that Robert and he could have such an encounter. But Robert uncomfortably laughs off the conversation as a joke. Cool. And then we get to the, uh, the fun times. Joanne and Larry take Robert out to a nightclub where Larry dances, and Joanne and Robert sit watching, getting thoroughly drunk. She blames Robert for always being an outsider, only watching life rather than living it, and also persists in berating Larry. Sure. It's it's very funny. Larry is like, yeah. well, in a way where she's like, Larry, what are you doing? And he's just like, don't worry about it. He's like so good with her where yeah. he's just like, it's okay, dear. Like, we're fine. Um, and they, it's very complimentary. Uh, she raises... <laughs> She raises her glass in a mocking toast, passing judgment on various types of rich, middle-aged women wasting their lives away with mostly meaningless activities, and sings the, the ladies, ladies who lunch. Now, here's what which I'm maybe gonna... the most famous song. For I think show? it is. Yeah. I think it is. Here's what I want to say about this. Right uh, when I was in it, we it was in uh, Birmingham, Michigan, and that is where Elaine Stritch lived. Sure, and that's so, where a lot of ladies lunch. Yeah, they all lunch there. And she came to see our show. Yeah. And it was, like, a whole thing where I, like, she laughed at my, she came to our green room and laughed at my joke, which I was like, oh, my God. Sure. Uh, it was not that good of a joke. She just sure. looked was, at me. Was it polite laughter? <laughs> yeah. Maybe? Probably. Sure, that's fine. She just looked at me and she goes, oh, you're getting married, aren't you? And I was like, or am I? And that was it. <laughs> and she laughed. Um, and then. <laughs> She's a great actress. Elaine Stritch. <laughs> veteran of the Tony stage. Tony Award Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she came to see our show. It was very kind of her to do that. Yes. I'm sure she was, like, sick of it. And then she died like six months later, like on my birthday that year. That was it. Lauren's joke Sucks. did not have anything to do with that death. <laughs> no, I hope not. But it was, yeah, like in that July, she she passed away. Sure. So uh, sure. That is a fun tidbit. Uh, so <laughs> You're she, like, yeah, that's great. Well, just, I, you know, I mean, it's like one of those cool things where she is an iconic person who, um, I don't know if people knew she's like Mich- lived in Michigan and stuff. She lived in Michigan. Yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a thing where... I forgot what I was going to say next. Okay, so <laughs> we sing Ladies Who Lunch. It'll come back to you. Her harshest criticism is reserved for those, like herself, who just watch. And she concludes with the observation that all these ladies are bound together by a terror that comes with the knowledge that everybody dies. Yeah. Sure. Joanne really, like, given some truths. Um, more so than the other wives, I think. But yeah. she's, she's positioned to be, like, the oldest and wisest also and have maybe living with the most experience. So Well, be- being the oldest and wisest, she also gets to like she's gets that old people privilege of saying whatever the f you want. Correct. You don't, don't have to be tactful. She gives and it's okay. zero. Yeah. Shots. <laughs> um, Larry turns. Larry returns from the dance floor, taking Joanne's drunken rant without complaint, and explains to Robert that he still loves her dearly. When Larry leaves to pay the check, Joanne bluntly invites Robert to begin an affair with her, assuring him that she will take care of him. Gross. 
Sure, it's kind of funny. Robert's reply, but who will I take care of? Seems to surprise even him and strikes Joanne as a profound breakthrough on his part. Robert insists that he has been open to marriage and commitment, but questions, what do you get, upon Larry's return? Robert asks again, angrily, what do you get? Joanne declares, with some satisfaction, I just did someone a big favor, and she and Larry go home, leaving Robert lost in frustrated contemplation. The couple's recurrent musical motif begins yet again, as they all again invite Bobby to drop by any time. Sure, and this is where it gets hard to sing. It I gets mean, it was very hard complicated. Time, but this is the yeah. most complicated. Well, it was so hard. Rather than the cheery, indulgent tone he had responded with in earlier scenes, Robert suddenly desperately shouts, Stop! He sings openly, enumerating the many traps and dangers he perceives in marriage, speaking their disagreements. His friends counter his ideas one by one, encouraging him to dare to try for love and commitment. Finally, Bobby's words change, expressing desire, increasing urgency for loving intimacy, even with all its problems and the wish to meet someone with whom to face these challenges of living, being alive. Yeah. Maybe the other most famous song. Sure. It's in the, this it's, show. It is a quintessential 11 o'clock number. It's so good. Yeah. Um, the, open, the opening party resets a final time. Robert's friends have waited two hours with still no sign of him. At last, they all prepare to leave, expressing a new hopefulness about their absent friend's chance. Uh, chances for loving fulfillment and wishing him a happy birthday however he may be as they leave robert then appears alone smiles and blows out his candles and then they sing the finale i love i love that he doesn't end up with anyone me too i love that i think it's like so so good um as i said this has been done a few times uh to very famous people kind of doing it dean jones originated the bobby role uh elaine stritch uh joanne um the original cast, maybe not as many people as we know, um, but it would go on uh, the first Broadway revival. Also, not a lot of people that I kind of recognize other Kate Burton, Danny Bernstein was in it. Um, the one that I am maybe the most familiar with is the second Broadway revival with Raul Esparza. Yeah, that one. Yep. That's the because, one where they all play instruments. And stuff. Yes. Yeah. So when they did the revival in 2006 everybody plays an instrument yeah and it was very interesting in which they each kind of had a uh not only kind of their motif but a instrumental motif and mm-hmm. it was kind of cool an interesting experiment i don't here's the thing i don't love it but it's interesting they did that with sweeney todd too sure. um which is i guess just a thing you do with sondheim shows i don't know sure it, i guess it was interesting um for sweeney todd also the new york philharmonic concert is the one with neil patrick harris that had patty lapone jim walton kate finnernan um, maybe more interesting, Stephen Colbert and Martha Plimpton. Yes, yes. Um, I forgot about Colbert. Sure, it, 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 John Cryer, Christina Hendricks. Yep. Um, John Cryer. Annika Noni Rose, uh, to name a few. Yeah. Um, and then this is the interesting part. In 2018 and 2021, they did 2018 is the West End revival, and then it came to Broadway. The interesting is they gender swapped it. Yes. So Bobby now becomes Roberta, which I love. As a Here's woman. Thing, that's my number one dream role sure. now, you guys. Is Roberta. Well, I'm going to tell you. It does such an interesting thing to change the tone and tenor of the show. Yeah. Because a woman turning 35 unmarried and a man turning 35 unmarried that's are two different. very different things. Yeah. And the way that Bobby is portrayed in the original is a real, like, kind of playboy, you know, uh, drifting around relationship to relationship. Again, a man doing that. Yeah. Much different than a woman doing that. Yeah, that is different. And so that was always kind of an interesting thing. So 
Uh, I saw it on Broadway with this gender bent cast and Patty Lapone, and she was awesome, y'all. She was really good. Of course, good. she's awesome, y'all. Um, it's Patty. But the other things they did, which I thought was very cool, is they also gender swapped some other things. So Amy becomes Jamie. Love Jamie that. and Paul. Sure, Matt Doyle kills it. Like he is so so good. Look that look that up, y'all. But it's uh, some more very famous uh, Broadway people: Jennifer Samard, Christopher Sieber. Um, as I said, Christopher Fitzgerald. Hey. Um, and they just they just swap it out where the other fun part is the three women that he dates become men. All three of them are men. All three are men. Love that. And so they make um, the the airline stewardess becomes now a pilot, but he is like still a himbo. Like he's just. And I'm gonna tell you the man. Himbo. Who, well, I'm <laughs> gonna tell you the man who played him on Broadway was very, very beautiful oh. and had a rock hard body. Yes. And I can tell you this because they strip him down pretty naked on stage. Yeah. Love that. In a that. real like, hey, objectified. But yeah. um and it's an interesting thing to see her trying to get him where he it's the, he still tells the butterfly story. <laughs> while basically while she is like kissing him and like kissing his ear and like undoing his tie and yeah. like unbuttoning his shirt, he's still telling that story. That's funny. And you're like Sure. Okay. It is the tone is different. Correct. Yeah. Um. And then they the other two men. I forget one is like kind of a buttoned up guy. Sure. I think maybe the Kathy character is that way. Yeah. I think so. Uh. And then um they do one as oh as Theo I think but one is like a hippie like hipster long hair yeah. again built very nice but it's just it's 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 done just so so well um and so. It's, but it's so interesting that she is seducing these – she's dating three men at once. Yeah. Which, again, a man dating three women at once, no society has much it. different feelings yeah. than a woman sleeping around with three different men. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, I – Christopher Fitzgerald, in, he's one of – I think truly one of the most underrated but best character actors in which he's so funny and the energy he brings in the scene where they're smoking the pot oh, I say he's is, so, pot is yeah. so, so, so funny – um, like I said, look up, honestly, look up the Matt Doyle doing, not getting married yeah. because he, it's so funny and the way they've staged it. So this is what I'll say about the Broadway. They have staged it in such a cool way where it's like basically like square pods that kind of come in and out. And then I don't know how they do it because Broadway theaters are not huge, like wings and stuff. Yeah. Uh, a set will come on and it slides in. It literally like slides into place. I'll make, I'll post some pictures that I took. Um, didn't I take some pictures? I don't know. Um, but, and then it'll slide out, come back in a completely different set. Oh. Like, completely redressed. Where, like, not getting married, he sings in a kitchen. Okay. And then it comes back as, like, um, what's-their-face's living room. And then, like, so it's just this crazy thing. But that scene in particular is hilarious because, um, people pop out of things. Oh. (laughs) So, like, um, the the minister. Yes. Out of the refrigerator, and then and then Jamie pushes her back into the refrigerator oh, yeah. and closes it. And at the very end, when they're all singing "Not Getting Married," they all pop out of like oh, the dishwasher, funny. the cake that was on the thing, the the drawer, the cupboard, and stuff. So, oh, so it's good. very very cool and very very funny. Um, but just I'll tell you in a in a way where we've seen many productions, I think of modern modernizing things. It was done so smart and so cool, and the parts that they rewrote for Bobby to be like going through these things yeah. is so so smart, and it changes especially the conversation she has with Joanne. Oh, as two women having that conversation, yeah, is very different. Yeah, and so it's just kind of this cool thing where I, like I said, it was 
it was so neat, and it's it was such a the 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 revival cast is so so good. Ugh. I don't know if I loved Katrina Link. Oh, she was maybe when we saw it maybe the weakest of the Who'd people. She, play? she played Bobby. Oh, sure. Oh, Rosalie Craig did it when because it they first did the swap in on the West End, and then it transferred to London and um. Katrina Link is, like, very talented. She's been in a lot of stuff. I think Bands Visit and some other things. Gotcha. Um, I, I didn't think she was that good. Yikes. I would I would have liked to... I don't know who I would have liked to have played it, mm. but I maybe would have... I don't know. Picked a different Bobby? Yeah, I would have picked a different one. Um, oh. So it's it's just... It was really cool. And, and like I said, uh, Chris Fitzgerald in it is, like, just very funny. He's got such good comedic timing. Yeah. Um... Funny. It's classic music that I feel like everybody has seen and heard and love. Um, I'm trying to find if it talks about some of the changes. Hold, please, while I scroll. Sure, gender bent here. Um, Gotta gotta get the Broadway. Um, Sure, it's... It's a... Sure, like I said, it's a very cool... Just from... I mean, I always come at it, you know me, music first, and then, like, production value. The sets and stuff were very cool. Um, It got a little delayed because of freaking covid oh what do you mean um, COVID? and it's sure it makes me so sad um but five days before he died sondheim discussed the revival's change of the lead character's gender from male to female and expressed how theater is distinguished from film and video because you can do it in different ways from generation to generation what keeps theater alive is the chance to always do it differently with not only fresh casts but fresh viewpoints it's not just a matter of changing pronouns but attitudes oh my gosh why why did you go, Sondheim? Correct. Why did you go? Um, He's just so this gender swap version, the production became the most nominated musical revival of the season, receiving nine Tony Award nominations Ooh. and winning five, including Best Revival of a Musical. Um, and they did a great performances on PBS, so if you can, try to find that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, a North American tour is planned for 2023-2024. So we should go see it. We should go see it. Um, Absolutely. It... Just closed on the 31st of July after 300 performances. Um, so it wasn't open for, you know, very long. But it just, I'm going to tell you, I i don't know how to explain, like, just how good it, it was. Like, truly, the swaps of those things, um, just so smart. And to, his, to that quote from Sondheim. Yeah. He's right, where it was done in such a seamless way, too, where it wasn't like, this couple's gay now. <laughs> you know, where you're like... Or where they've announced it. And right, where you're like, what? The gayness of it all. Well, and there's certain things they added to where, you know, the couple that gets divorced but stays together in 1970 was, like, kind of a thing. Yeah. But, like, now they talked about how you don't have to be married. It's, you know, it's still those those themes still resonate, which yeah. I think is so interesting in, like, the modern lens of, like, how many people now just don't get married? You just stay together and you don't get married because you don't want that or whatever. So it's kind of a cool thing. Um... Like I said, it is, it's been done a million different places. Um, sure, there's an unproduced film that just never made it, which I think is kind of okay, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I don't hate that. That's um, okay. Yeah, it's, listen, not, not everything, everything needs, needs to... a film. Ooh, jinx. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it has won a crap ton of awards, just up and down the boards, Revival, London, uh, Olivier Awards, like, all the things. Mm. Um a fun fact for people who are like, what up, Bridgerton? Jonathan Bailey, who plays Anthony Bridgerton in cool. the Bridgerton series, originated gender swap Jamie on the West End. Oh, neat. Mm-hmm. 
So that's kind of fun. Sure, I don't watch Bridgerton, but I know a lot of people that do. I'm like, sure, it's a real what? steamy, bodice-ripping time. That's what I hear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> bodice-ripping. Matt Doyle also won the Tony, and he oh. plays Jamie in the yeah, gender yeah, swap. Yeah. Pale Pone won Best Performance Featured. Here's the thing. He won Best Performance Featured. That song, though, is written to steal the show. You All you have to do, sure, is, is, do it, is do it. Do it as written. Yeah. Don't F it up. Sure. And like, people think you're brilliant. That's and it. from experience, people think you're brilliant. I did nothing brilliant. I just sang a song. Sure. This makes sense to me. So it also won Best Direction of a Musical, Marianne Elliott, Marianne Elliott, who was part of the process of gender swapping it. Love so it. So she was part of the creative team who did that. And then it. Best Scenic Design of a Musical, Bunny Christie, which I agree. It is, it's done in such a cool way. Yeah. Um, I can't explain it. It's like a lot of neon. So like the boxes Great. come out and they have like a neon border. Great. And then at one point, company the letters are big giant neon letters that come out and they use those sometimes as things. Cool. Um, this, it, like I said, it's just this is one where, man, we're starting to pro shoot a lot of stuff. Let's do I, this one. I hope they pro shot this and they're just sitting on it. Right. Um, that's how good it is. Uh, and like I said, I just it's, t- and I think, and this is maybe the. The legacy of like a Sondheim, his stuff is so timeless. It is. You look at shows like an Into the Woods. You look at Company. You know, like they just are timeless shows where the themes it does not matter, and they're they're almost made to be updated and revised and to reflect the times you're in. And I just think that's such a smart thing. And this show in particular, uh, like I said, we. We talk a lot about of like the older shows, and this one's 1970s, so like, oh my god, 50 years old, but Old-ish. um, you know, not a 1940s, 1950s, but those shows become so problematic, yeah. and and are very, you know, you look at we sure, just talked about we just talked about <laughs> one, but like sure, we were talking about shows that are all men and one woman, how to succeed, you know, Dolly, honestly, kind of, Dolly, you know, all yeah. those all those shows are very hard to adapt and have very little room to modernize because it really changes the essence of the show. To modernize, you know, um, sure, to modernize Music Man, you kind of lose the essence of the show. And so, to me, his stuff is so easily done in that way. Adaptable. Adaptable, yeah. and but without losing the essence of the show because... At its core, company is about examining different married lives. It's about relationships. It's yeah. about relationships. And so how do we – so in that way, very easily change because we just take a lens and we look and we do a reflection of what are relationships. And here's the thing. Relationships evolve, evolve but they don't change where if it's – the problems that you have that they talk about – can be between a man and a woman can be between two women can be between two men it doesn't matter it's the it's the it's the, the problem and the, the conflict of relationships yeah and so that's why i think it's so smart and it's it's such a neat look into i like different varying like you know paul and amy are engaged but they've been together a long time yeah you have what's their faces who are seem like the perfect couple but they're getting divorced. Yeah. You have the other two that are battling their own demons, which is inherent in their marriage. Yeah. You have Joanne, who's on husband number four, who is jaded, but maybe this guy's the right fit for her because he's like, I still love you. Don't worry about it. Here's You're crazy. What I, here's what I do love about even the original writing of this. Because yep. in the 70s, you could have fallen into the trap of making all of these people like stereotypes and characters. Caricatures. I agree. And like they are not. Avoided. They, it's just it's very real avoided. people yep. with real problems that are not like they're not cartoons of what marriage is like. Yep. It's just it's just a real thing that people go through. And I think that is why it 
it holds up so well because it has I mean it, the stuff that doesn't age well there's not much of it well he took it out in 1990 he took it out and and it it holds up because it's just it's real yep well and that's the thing too is it's still an entertaining show where like the comedy I think underestimate it's a very funny show mm-hmm. like we laughed a lot when we saw it. it it was like very very funny and I think but because that is like true to life too like these situations you're in are not it's not always dramatic and like this to your point of like the realism that's what I also love about the show is life is not always high stakes and dramatic it's sometimes is just mundane we decided to get a divorce yeah well or I gave up drinking sure I gave uh, we are trying to better ourselves but in the process we hate ourselves like yeah. it's it's that thing where it is real life and that is reflected in you know just even is the music's great i there's all the songs are great in the show i think with the exception of maybe a couple but yeah they're all really good and really well placed mm-hmm. i think we talk a lot about you know sometimes songs that you're like oh that lead needed one more song or like oh we God, realized that yeah. girl didn't sing very much and they just get shoehorned in i don't think this show has any of that no, I, I think they're all very purposeful and intention and to me that's like a very cool thing and then i think too like the repeated themes works so well in this show oh my god yeah because it just and the show's meant to be like that like you keep resetting to his birthday yeah and that's like the reset point um and that is kind of neat uh, until the end and uh, you know so guys if you haven't seen company there the pro shot the raul esperanza one is pro shot mm-hmm. the neil patrick harris one they do it in concert so it's a little different but pretty much still great i think i don't yeah, I it's mean, on YouTube. It's on YouTube. I don't know if that's in concert as much as it is like it's a it's almost a full production. They, uh, they have set. It pieces is. They have set move. pieces. It's in concert because the band is. It's a full orchestra on stage. Oh, because it's is the, that what makes it in concert? Yeah, well, they do all, like I assume New York because it's the full New York Philharmonic. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was highly full. I don't know. What, my sure. brain is like it's been a long time. But I always assume that in concert implies that they don't do the dialogue or like they do an abbreviated version of the dialogue. Sure. And that um, version has the full I think script it's a little in it. I think it's in concert because it's not fully staged. Oh. I assumed it was. No, uh so the one in the with Neil Patrick Harris, they do um they have blocks that yeah. are like it's a couch and then they move the blocks around and it's a different thing. Yeah. So, I don't know. Huh. You tell us. What do you think? Um but that's on YouTube. You can find it. Um, I'm sure this revival company is somewhere. We don't endorse bootlegs, but go find it. I bet it's somewhere, y'all. If you find it, let me know. Um, (laughs) no, no, no. I think, like I said, I just, it's one of those shows where if I, if I were going to do a show again, any more shows, sure, y'all, that ended. We'll talk about that later. Uh, I would have, I would have done company. Yeah. Uh, I would have done company with a, with the gender bent. Um, I just because I think it's such an interesting twist on that, and you talked you know, about wanting to do it. At I at yeah. some point, listen, y'all, COVID really effed up a lot of plans. Um, but I think the other interesting thing is theater should be meant to be entertaining, but it should also be, I think, thought provoking and and conversation starting. Yeah, and I think the thing that this does is it does really upend that traditional view of again a man turning 35 and the lens he views his couple friends through versus a woman turning 35 and the lens she views it through yeah and the expectations that society has for her yeah you know and what she wants to do and live her life and i just so it was really smart and really well done um so yeah i really think i really think that's i don't know you know what i mean yeah uh all right so on a scale um 
zero boyfriends <laughs> to three boyfriends and one married man. Okay. That's the high scale. What would you give it? Five boyfriends. Uh, five boyfriends. Two sure. married men and five boyfriends. Sure. I love this show. I was in it. I loved it. Yep. I loved it when I was in it. I love that it's. I love that it's flexible enough to evolve, and I love that I love Sondheim, um, always. But I love that he is reflexive enough to. Uh, he was reflexive enough to evolve oh, the show. Um, well, I, I think assume... his his two enduring ones, I think, are Company and Into the Woods, are going to yes. be his best known, and both do that thing where. You you take something that you think you know, yeah. and then you don't know. Yep. You think it's about you think you know these. It's going to be a simple little fairy tale time. Oh my god, it's about really examining your life and like the things that you want and you wish for. This one I think is the same thing. You think it's going to be a simple show about a guy turning thirty five and getting married, yeah. and people getting married and couples, and it really turns the lens the other way to really think about and look at that. So. Yeah. And I, I just think the conversations, we could keep going. Sure. Like we could analyze the lyrics. We could analyze the way the well, chords are constructed. Like I will say, too, crazy. because we don't talk, I mean, the dialogue in this show oh, is yeah. very smart and very, like, interesting, where it goes back and forth. And like I said, that's where a lot of the comedy, I think, comes from. But it's, like, so nuanced and just so, like, you're like, oh, yeah, when you do say... It's such good examples of like, sure, sometimes when you do say something, it's not exactly, it, you know, what you're saying matters how you say it and the tone yeah. and, oh, it just gets under your skin. It, little thing, it, you know, the the so opening that you yeah. do is very fun in that way where it can go either it's good and bad. Yeah. It's just. It's uh, I would give it uh, three full boyfriends and a husband mm-hmm. um, in that um, do what you want. <laughs> Yeah. Date who you want, do what you want, um, be happy and figure out how that happiness I think that's one of the nice things about the ending is he doesn't find happiness in another person. He yeah. you, you kinda leave it with he find he figures out what makes him happy inside. It's very like cliche, but I think no, Interesting. but it's, it's like such a good example because there's so much theater out there that like hinges on the people have to get like, they get together. together. Yeah, yeah, it's like have to have a ha- the happy ending always. Sure, includes. the happy ending would be Kathy leaves the fiance she thought she was gonna go with, yeah. and they just figure out they love each other. No, but it, I like that that Bobby as the protagonist has like you know what it's okay for me to be alone and I'm happy to yeah. be there. Well, you see it play out in the other couples, right? Like Paul and Amy, you think, uh oh, they get their ha- she realizes she loves him and goes after him, and yeah. like. You, you figure these things out through the other people, and that's what's inter- That's what I think is interesting about the format. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, I, I give it that too. Uh, okay, that. I think we did it. We did. Guys, if you have seen Company or you have thoughts about what other shows should be gender-bent, uh, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> some, are, so many. <laughs> some, are, some are problematic. Uh, a long time ago, a good friend uh, talked to my friend Matt about it, and we were like, what if Grease was gender-bent? Oh. Well, it becomes weird. Yep. Ooh. Sure. Ma- sure. Maybe we'll do an episode on uh, shows that should be gender bent. But make it gender bent. Yep. I love that. Uh, so, uh, sure. And what, ooh, and what happens? Um, but if you have some thoughts and feelings about it, hit us up uh, on our socials at downstage.pc. If you are like, I have an essay written about this exact In thing, this essay, I please, will. <laughs> exactly, uh, please email it to us at downstage.pc at gmail.com. Of course, our website, downstage.podcast.com. Uh, that I haven't updated in a minute and need to. That's my bad. Yeah, yeah well, you know. Um, no, I think I'm an episode behind. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just do all those things. And, guys, go. this is one that I would 100% say go listen to it, go find it, go watch it. 
it's that good. It will make you, even if you are a teenager listening to this and you're like, but I don't know what it's like to be 35. <laughs> it'll get close. You get to 35 a lot faster than you think. I'll just leave it at that. Um, so, yeah. So, that's kind of what uh, I think. Uh, I, I think we did it. I'll say exit, stage left, pursued by a birthday candles. 